0: Adam Angst at the Diablo Valley Macintosh User Group, part two. This is Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Mac Voices After Dark. Uncensored, off-topic, and always off the wall. Mac Voices After Dark is available as a benefit to our Patreon subscribers. Sign up at patreon.com slash Mac Voices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. This is part two in a virtual visit that Adam Angst and I did with the Diablo Valley Macintosh user group. We get back into the conversation by covering why Apple drops out of some product segments. Let's go back and let Adam do the talking. Adam, take another spin on that and see if you would agree with me. I sometimes think that that one of the reasons we don't see certain products is that Apple either a feels like they can't add any extra value being Apple, or b they can't make any money at it. And you know, I mean, that's that's my opinion for why they got out of the airport market, uh, the the airport base station uh, market. And you know, because they just they felt like they couldn't make any money at it, given all the competition was out there for you know better price. Do you think that's a fair assessment? I think, assessment I think at all? you're
1: right. No, I think that I think you're absolutely right. Um, the the airport was a good example because Apple got into that world because there wasn't, the, you know, the, the the base stations that were available weren't very good and they were hard to use and, you know, and so Apple came out with Airport Utility and you configured it via a nice app rather than these horrible web interfaces and things like that. But you know what we saw was that um, well, one Apple couldn't keep up. You know the mesh networking kicked in. You know the the other manufacturers could just move way faster, and I suspect some of that was the commodity hardware. You know that um, presumably you know Chinese companies said you know here's the chips you know and you and you know 17 manufacturers could slam those into a, a plastic case and have a have a have a you know a base station that worked pretty well, and and they could keep moving quickly on that. Whereas an Apple couldn't really add much value, um, you know, once the, the web interfaces got good enough. So, you know, so it made sense to me <coughs> to get out of that market. Um, I find the monitor market to be a little different. I mean, keep in mind, Apple dropped everything they had nothing for a while. Then they come up with the Pro Display XDR, which I just looked. It is a thirty-two inch screen, and we're like, "Oh, great! Apple's gonna have a monitor. It's freaking six thousand dollars! You know, like you've got to be kidding!" You know, they came up with a monitor that they that they're calling cheap because they're comparing it against fifteen thousand dollar reference monitors. I'm like, "Yeah, okay, but you know, I get that there's a particular audience for that, but but seriously, six thousand dollars for a screen, and um, <laughs> you know, and then." When the studio display came out, you know, at least 15, you know, $1,600, which is the amount of the base one uh, without the, the height-adjustable stand, you know, it's not, it's not ludicrous, right? You don't just laugh at it like you do the $6,000 for the Pro Display XDR, um, but you really have to kind of swallow hard, um, particularly when you start comparing it to the price of the iMac you know obviously they dropped the 27 inch but you know the, the the 24 inch iMac starts at $1300 so you know and that's for a whole computer plus the screen so you know that's where it just it's it's a little tough because I, but i think apple could do they could offer i mean they they are offering more value in some ways you know the produce the studio display does have a really nice webcam um you know it has it actually has a processor it has thing an A13 in there um you know, so it's got it's got you know, and it's a it's a good size and all those kinds of things that, that other companies aren't doing, but Apple isn't targeting it to the price point where people would just buy buy buy. You know, if that monitor was eight hundred dollars instead of sixteen hundred dollars, you know, let me tell you, people would be just all over it, and and a lot of people would have two. You know, so um, you know, I said, it, it's just it's just too too much.
0: Um, Ng brings up the fact that this this is a great time of year to buy an Apple product because you have the the longer holiday return policy. So if you buy in
1: between uh, November fourth yeah, yeah. and more December, than fourteen days, even
0: yeah, so that you have through January eighth to to make up your mind. So great point, thank you. But he also wants to know, Adam, what your impressions were of the Air Tags.
1: I didn't. I mean, they they probably had Air Tags there. I didn't actually look at them there. Um, uh, you know, we have an Air Tag and. Uh, I, I like the AirTags. I think the AirTags are cute. I think they're useful. Um I'm not personally the the, the target market for AirPods or AirTags. I, I don't lose them. I don't lose things. I'm just that's not the sort of not the sort of person I am. And so um I don't I don't forget things. I don't, you know, leave things behind and so that's not they're, 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 I've never found a use for it. Um I've brought my AirTag whenever we've traveled, but we also don't check luggage whenever we travel so it's mostly caused um it's not so much the air tag actually it's my my macbook actually is the one that tends to get me is it will it will find it in some look you know find the find my network will find it in some location and then we'll move somewhere and it won't update the macbook and so i'll get an alert on my phone saying your macbook Air has been left behind and i'm like <gasps> panicking I'm like no it's still in my bag you know like i don't know what you're thinking um so all that said, I think the air tags are brilliant little devices. Um, you know, particularly for people who check luggage. If I check luggage, there's I can guarantee there'd be an air tag in every one of my suitcases. Um, and uh, you know, and you know, there are I you know certainly know people who well, <laughs> my grandmother growing up, um, uh, she lost her keys on an average about like three times a week. So and her purse and everything else. I mean, she was just an absent-minded woman. And, uh, as a, as a, as a small child, I thought we thought this was amusing. Um, and, you know, there was even one time, like we were downtown, you know, in Ithaca and shopping or something and she lost her keys. So she's like, Oh, you stay here. I'll walk home and get my other pair, you know, a mile away. I'm like, all right, <laughs> no problem. So any of that. So I could see, uh, there are definitely people who that's really good for. Um, <clears throat> I did look, uh, you know, when we were at the Apple store, um, all the little, um, uh, little leather cases and attachments and hooks and things with apple cells and they looked like they were nice you know that again if you were the one problem with the air tag mine's downstairs so i can't can't sort of hold it up on show you while i'm talking about it um the one problem is that these little you know slippery discs which is great but they're fine for dropping, dropping in something but then you want a lot of times you want to attach them to something. And for that, you really do need a fob. Um, my suspicion is that apples are really expensive. And if you go on Amazon, you can probably find a vast number of much, much cheaper uh tags for the air tag uh or cases for the air tag. Now the one that I um I have been uh one thing I have been thinking about with an air tag, uh blank on the name of it, gravity maybe? There's a there's a company that makes this wonderful like case um that um uh, it can attach via you a know, very very strong adhesive and then it's a waterproof case for the airtag and the idea is is that you can use it to attach the airtag to you know a bicycle you know, like under the seat maybe or to you know um if you have an equipment case you know, where you want to make sure that the AirTag doesn't ever get dropped, or fall out of the equipment case. And so um, having these these really permanent waterproof uh, holders for the AirTag struck me as a really nice idea. Uh, and I was like, hmm, you know, I don't think I would ever lose my bicycle, but it's conceivable that it would be stolen. And, you know, that would be something that I would, I would potentially want, you know, an AirTag telling me where it was. So I have been thinking about that as a as as a possible useful thing. Anyway, for any and if you know anybody who again you know has an expensive bicycle, like kid at a college, if they have a nice bike, yeah, I would put one of these things on it. So fast, um, because it, bikes at college tend to walk. They would ride, but you know they need a person to do that. They walk on their own. Uh oh, you're muted again.
0: I- God, gotta keep the split off the switch. Um, yeah, this—I mean, this is a little neoprene case that you know yeah. costs. I think I got four of these for like eight bucks. Um, right. You know, yeah. and so you know, my my air tag does not need rich Corinthian leather. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. <laughs> you know, it, it's just this. This is good enough. It gives a little protection, um, but but more importantly, it gives you the fob part that you can hook onto something. Because I I keep one in my backpack, I keep one in all my luggage. There's one on my keys. There's one hidden in my car, so that if the car ever gets stolen, I can find it. Um, you know, so I mean, they're just they're they're absolutely useful. I I, I and I know there been there's been a lot of questions about people tracking and all that, and that can be a whole other discussion too. But you know, th- these do everything that they're advertised to do and more. So. If you have the need, go for it
1: Yeah. See if the- so um kanji noted in the in the chat that uh if if you have it on a bike and someone takes the bike, then the air tag would would make a sound or get a notification, and that's true uh potentially but not for a while um that it's not it's not an instantaneous thing and um uh we actually there was a, a big discussion about this in Tippett's talk um Peter Lewis actually who writes uh he's he's the author of Keyboard Maestro um he was looking at getting one of these for his son he was initially concerned that um uh the the bike would you know the bike would start if it was just left on campus for more than 8 hours it would start playing a sound um, because oh, no one's no one's you know, no one's moved me. But it but basically it doesn't do that unless it moves and then sits. So um it's it is tricky, but for the most part, the um the air tags are really not designed to pro- to protect against theft. They're really designed to be something where it's just, oh gosh, I left my bag in the library, you know, or I left my bag somewhere, where did I leave my bag? You know, or even I left something in a in a taxi. Um, so, you know, it's much more aimed at that. If you're going to use it for, you know, kind of theft prevention, um, you're really going to want to, uh, hide it as well as possible. And, you know, you, it won't, there's no question that if someone has an iPhone, you know, it will alert them eventually, if, you know, it'll alert the thief eventually. But, you know, like people, I know a lot of people put them in their car and you can hide an eye tag, air tag in a car pretty well, such that someone's not going to be able to find it quickly. And presumably, you'll know that your ter- car has been stolen soon enough. So it shouldn't uh, shouldn't be a big surprise there.
0: Yeah, Kenji says I've read it's easy to pop the air tag open and remove the speaker to silence it. Um, I haven't tried that. I don't know how easy it is, but and I see your point. But at the same time, then you're then you are taking away at least one use case um, <laughs> where you can call. It, you know, to, if you lose your keys in your house, you can tell the airtag to play a little a little tone yeah. and you know it's not terribly loud but it's enough that if you're quiet you can usually find your keys
1: well i think with the airtag i mean apple i mean they are they're you know they're they're priced well you know they can get four for 100 bucks 25 bucks a piece and um i think apple really sees them as being dedicated you know, like, oh, this one is going to live here and this one is going to live there. And really, you're never going to change that up. And I I'm, said, I'm a little weird in that regard because, you know, like, oh, I'll take this one on, you know, take, take it on a trip because I'm going on a trip now and, and it'll sit on the counter for a while because I'm not doing anything and I'll, you know, every now and then I'll I'll want to test something. So I'll pop it in the car and, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, they don't really expect that. They really expect it'll be one and done for each, each, each air tag.
0: Folks, any questions uh, that we can answer? Um, I can always keep Adam going for a long time because I've always got things (laughs) that I want to wind him up on. But um, if there's anything you want to (laughs) hear.
1: We are not talking about Twitter this time, Chuck.
0: No, I was not going to bring up Twitter. No, I was not going to bring up Twitter. I was going to bring up something equally as fun. Um, Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So just today, we saw Google get fined $400 million uh, for privacy violations and there's it seems like there's been so much talk about you know Apple and what they're tracking what they're not tracking you know, how much information they're collecting on you what they're doing with it it's i think it's easy to dismiss and say well you know Apple i mean they have to they have to have to give take some of your information in order to service you and service their products but do you think there's any danger that we're seeing a shift in Apple away from the privacy or are these things just clickbait
2: so,
1: I, yeah, there is something that's going on with if you, you can tell your iPhone, like, do not track me in any way, shape or form. And someone actually uh, did some network scanning, um, network sniffing after turning that on and discovered that a bunch of these things still actually a bunch of Apple apps still talk to Apple um, and still are relaying information to Apple. And um, and Apple's definition of tracking is sharing the information to another party. So apps are actually allowed to track you. Um, you know they're allowed to ask you for permission to know things about you, and that's fine. What they're not allowed to do is then to share that information with other with other third parties. And that's the, that was the big thing that um, with app tracking transparency that hurt Facebook so badly because Facebook wanted to take all that information that they collected and then share it um, to all the advertisers in essence or use other people to collect it and then bring it into the Facebook um, the Facebook world. So I do think that Apple's being a little disingenuous if it's collecting data even if it's not sharing it or you know using it for advertising purposes uh, and. I'm guessing that fairly soon we'll see someone at Apple will have to say something because this is, you know, this this, this commentary is gathering momentum. Um, and then simultaneously, I don't think that Apple, for the most part, cares you know, like Apple's business has not really been based on knowing things about its users. Apple's business is based on selling things to its users. So it doesn't really care much about you as long as you keep buying. Um, However, and this is the big, big, big however, Apple has started to get into advertising in a bigger way. And I am wildly unenthused about that. For one, I'm just tired, tired and tired and tired of everything being transactional. And, you know... Um, I went into the app store app for the first time after upgrading to iOS 16, or maybe, maybe it was something else that, that triggered it. And Apple's like, what, can we send you notifications about new apps? I'm like, no, get the hell out. You know, like I do not need to get, a, you know, notifications about new apps or anything like that. You know, like, uh, just like, I don't, I, I, I use my iPhone for the things I want to use it for. I don't need to be told about more stuff that you could want me to do and presumably sell me. Um, and so. I don't I believe that less of the world should be transactional. It should not the world does not have to involve money at all points in the time, you know all times of places. And advertising creates a transactional world. You know, we don't want we actually don't want billboards everywhere. And that's what this is—is is billboards everywhere. It's bad enough that we got enough billboards, you know, out in the out in the world that we have. And and uh, but, we, you, what if you had a billboard every, you know, fifty feet? You know, you get one past one build, there's a next one, and that would be problematic. And I think people would rebel um, in the real world, and that's kind of what's happening in the online world, and particularly. And as we've in the past, Apple has been good about not not doing that. And I fear that's changing. And so we will, we will see how that, happen, how, that, uh, how that works out.
0: This edition of Mac Voices is supported by our Patreon subscribers and Mac Voices After Dark. Ever wonder what happens before the Mac Voices live shows? Or what happens when the show ends or after the live feed closes? That's where Mac Voices After Dark comes in. If you are a Patreon supporter at any level, you get access to the video of our off-camera conversations. Uncensored, unedited, and always off the wall. It's a small thank you to our Patreon supporters who want to peek behind the curtain. Become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash macvoices. And thanks to everyone who supports the show. Uh, Going back to the iMac, um, David asks, is it technically and financially conceivable for some third party to create an interface for using the existing iMac 5K displays with new MacBook Air or iPad Pros. It really bugs me when my current iMac is deprecated by Apple as unsupported. I'll be stuck with a wonderful yeah. 5K display without a computer to drive it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Now I've looked at this. I mean, there's a reason why I have three of them in my office. I have looked at this. Um, there is a uh, Luna display um, is a product you can buy. And I have tested it. Um, and let's see, I can put the article, put the link in the chat. Um, it lets you run um, an iMac as a screen. And, um, and so you can do exactly what you want. However, it is not really as, um, it's not as ideal as you might like. So, um, you know, you can read the article, but basically the performance is not great. Um, you know, it's good, but, it, it, you, you, come to, you come to assume things are just going to be smooth and this is just not you know quite smooth. You know the text gets fuzzy when you move a window, that kind of thing. Um, it takes up a couple of thunderbolt parts. So you know you may not want to use up the Thunderbolt ports. And if you start playing video, it gets kind of fuzzy and jerky. You know video is the, really the hardest thing. Um, and there were a couple of funny, funny, weird ones. Um, Apple Watch unlocking didn't work so it has something to do with um uh um security and some some aspect of it because you're somehow controlling another mac but i really like being able to walk up to my mac and have my watch unlock it so that that was something i was surprised that didn't work and then um whenever i whenever i restarted i kind of had to move stuff around and so that was a little bit fussy there's utilities that would, that would solve that. So what it kind of comes down to is it depends how, how badly you want it. Um, that if you if you want it badly, you can in fact use um, lunar display to drive another Mac. Now, one thing that I have not tried in everyday practice is universal control. So this is something that um, universal control, you can actually just have your, your keyboard or your mouse pop over to another machine sitting next to your first one, and the keyboard suddenly starts working on that one, too. So you can actually use two Macs side by side. And so that would get you around all the performance problems. The question is, is would it be sort of too awkward to be bouncing back and forth between the two machines and sharing information between them? So. You know, like how would you set it up such that you had, you, you know, you could double click a file and then it would, it would, you know, you'd be able to edit it on the machine you expect to edit on. And I don't quite know the answer to that, but I would, I would actually, if you're interested in that, I would, I would tr- encourage you to try playing with Universal Control some more.
0: Oh boy. This is one that Adam and I strongly disagree on. Kenji wants to know what do you like, <laughs> what do you like for keyboards? Ad, Adam, Adam likes a machine gun, is what he likes.
1: Yeah, so I'm, I don't know if I can quite get it up here. Mm-hmm. Ah, nope, not all the way. So, um this is a dos keyboard. Um it's a big clicky keyboard. And um and it uh, um yeah, that's I I like I like big clicky keyboards. Um, interestingly, I and mean, actually what I, what what fell here is is something even weirder. This is a Contour Designs roller mouse, and the way you use it is you slide this bar back and forth. My, my cursor is flipping back and forth as I do this, and it rolls up and down, so you get 360 degrees of motion. And then your buttons are right here. So what it does is it puts your puts your your thumbs when you're typing right in front of your pointing device, which I adore. Um, really, really like that. But so keyboards, yeah, I'm a I'm a big clicky keyboard kind of person, and um, that said, I actually really like the keyboard on my MacBook Air. Once Apple got past the horrible, horrible butterfly keyboards, um, could not believe it kept doubling down on those. Like, oh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. We're up to the fourth generation now. <laughs> You know, we've only had three recalls, Um, and uh, once they got past that, you know, we're back to the laptop keyboards that I really like, Um, and so those are good. I have a little trouble with the, the kind of the normal desktop keyboards, the Magic keyboards, not because there's anything really wrong with them, but because they don't work on my roller mouse, and so I'm back to a trackpad, which I don't like trackpads off to the side. I like things in front. Um, and that's why I actually really prefer the the MacBook layout, um, where you the trackpads in front of the keyboard. I'm, I remain befuddled that almost no one has really provided a keyboard trackpad either tray or combo that puts it in that orientation for a lap, you know, for a computer. It just it's I mean, there's a few out there. I keep finding every right now and then I go look and like there's a few cheap Chinese ones, um, but I haven't found anyone do a really good job of it yet. So, and, but you, you like the Apple, the, the standard Apple keyboards, right? Don't you check?
0: Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a keyboard snob. I just sort of, I, I've, I do struggle with the touch keyboards, uh, the, the virtual keyboards on the iPads. But other than that, I just will type on whatever. And I can't say that I, I don't, I, I was joking, of course, or I don't hate the quickie keyboards. I just don't find them like necessary yeah so whatever keyboard and and even and this is sacrilege I realize to a lot of people, even the scissor keyboards, you know when they didn't when they weren't having problems, they were fine. <laughs>
1: When they weren't having problems, like
0: well, yeah, I mean, as far as feel goes, yeah, but you know, I never so. like the
1: feel either. So um, um, Tanya has a 2016 MacBook Pro, um, which was her previous laptop before the M2 MacBook Air, and now I was hating its keyboard too, and now, we're, now and then the keyboard broke out of warranty. So you know, it's 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 a classic, yeah. classic, classic thing. So um, it was it was frustrating because I thought that Apple, I really felt that Apple had. Um, they had designed the keyboard to be thin with really not thinking about what you do with a keyboard. And, and it was funny because, you know, like this, uh, you know, you want to talk about thin. I mean, this little, this little bugger here, it's really small and thin. And this was a good feel. I um, the smart keyboards were good feels, and I've heard actually similar things about the other ones. You know, I that I couldn't really test them for long enough to know, but uh, but you know, the iPad keyboards have been remarkably good, and there was just that that one butterfly keyboard man never never really never never cottoned onto it.
0: Yeah. Um. Let's see. Um. Jennifer asks, uh, "Where do you find a reputable Apple reseller?" <clears throat> hmm.
1: I wonder if there's a. Uh, I wonder if there's a page uh apple reseller
0: i mean aren't there still authorized apple resellers
1: yeah yeah there are um yeah if you go to locate.apple.com um and um you can type in a type in a zip code um and uh and then it will in theory tell you yeah come on tell me okay maybe not (laughs) well any event yeah try locate.apple.com um and that's designed to help you find apple stores as well so you'll you'll probably get other stuff in that listing too if it works for you i don't know why it's not working for me at the moment um but that's uh um, you know, that's in theory, a, uh, um, where you would locate all these people. And there's, there's a very, a variety of different, tr- um, Apple resellers, sort of different levels of them. Um, I know a bunch of these people, there's a group called ASMC, that's his Apple specialist marketing corporation or something. It's a kind of industry group. And, um, they're all great people. I've been to their conferences a couple of times, um, and they try really hard, but I have to say Apple treats them really badly. Uh, so, you know, these people are, I mean, they're, it's their business, but they're, it's a labor of love for them because, uh, um, Apple has never liked the idea of anyone but Apple selling products really now, I mean, they come and go, you know, the, 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 uh, the, you know, the relationships are the best buys and the targets and whatnot, but, uh, you know, uh, Apple doesn't want to share the, they don't want to share the, share the, uh, the margins. That's what it comes down to. Um,
0: Jennifer, for what it's worth, I typed, uh, you know my my zip code in and I got um several best Buy stores, believe it or not a a, a guitar center and um an apple <laughs> store so yeah. I guess you know those are all so you you'll probably end up with some of those in your in your results as well
1: um, and like, I was just gonna check um I'm doing a real quick search on Buffalo New York because I happen to know there's a reseller there um let's see if that shows up they really should um there's also that the one I gave is for sales, but they'll also have um, Apple. There's if you go up one level, they'll have Apple authorized service providers, and so those are the people who can um, who can repair things.
0: Um, yeah, and it's worth guy. noting on that page that it does ask you not not only to enter your zip code but also the product you're looking for. So,
1: oh, I, that I put, was my problem. I
0: ah, in, I, I, I didn't enter a
1: product. So yeah, yeah. That's... Okay, that was my problem. I didn't enter a pack. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, you're right. Look at that, Guitar Center, Best Buy. Yeah, but like here's Max Solutions Plus, which is the reseller I happen to know about in your in Buffalo. And so, yeah, you will find them. You might have to uh, click through and get through a lot of the Best Buys and Guitar Centers, from the looks of it. <laughs> um, I didn't know Guitar Center um, did this, but any events, so yeah, there should be good ones. And I, I really do recommend the independent resellers. Um, they, they're, they're great folks. They've been doing it a long time, and they're more likely to have a sort of a higher level of service.
0: Yeah, I'm going to give Kenji the last question. Um, he's he just points out, isn't the new uh, open-ended Apple Care Plus coverage great? Since we can keep paying to never end up with out-of-coverage situations <laughs> like that MacBook Pro
1: keyboard. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I, that is something that Apple really, you know, I thought they did a nice job on. You know, it, it's one of those situations where, you know, ins- it's insurance, right? Apple Care Plus is insurance. And so I'm sure that Apple has figured out they're making money on it. Now, there's no questions about that. But it's so nice if you do have a, a laptop that you know you want to keep going for a long time that you can just keep paying you know pe- paying a little bit every every month or year and and uh, increase the uh, the length of the Apple Care. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of Apple Care for basically anything portable. It's just too easy to drop something. Um, I never get it for desktops, and I always get it for you know laptops and iPhones and iPads. And I think that's you know it's just and, you know had enough enough experiences over the years that seems to work out. One thing I do want to note because I think some maybe we've all been around long enough that we may not uh, have kind of updated our, our thinking to the new world order. But a lot of people thought that you had to have Apple Care to call Apple for support, and that is not true anymore anyone can call apple for support at any time doesn't matter and they don't you know they don't check if you have apple care or anything like that so if you have been you know struggling with some kind of problem um and worried you know sort of wish you could call apple apple but you know think you're out of apple, out of your warranty or whatever don't worry about it just call them they'll they'll help you uh and uh, it's you know it's always worth a try yeah
0: Adam, I know you have uh, another appointment to run to, so I think we're going to yes. wrap this up. But I definitely want to thank uh, DV Mug for having us. This was just a whole lot of fun, yeah. and it's always, always great to fun. get together with user
2: groups. You guys want to you want. We're, we actually, Chuck, you should put us, we got our your weekly you know, list of what the clubs are doing. You can pencil us in for Tuesday at 3 o'clock. We've been doing it for two and a half years. We haven't missed a week.
1: <laughs> oh, every week. Wow.
2: Yeah, we yes. do this meeting every week at the same time. We run MacMost videos. We have Q&A. We stop the recording. We do, you know, social hour, but it's real <laughs> steady. You stop the recording, and then you get into the good stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> you order the pizza. We got
2: we we more people to the Zoom meeting than we ever got. That We still have our office, and we pay the rent, but we don't have meetings there. So yeah. Yeah. we actually recovered well, I, 10... Yeah. We recovered ten percent of our expired members who had moved away, and I emailed them say, "Hey, you can come to these meetings. you don't have to drive, you don't come from New York or Florida or Texas or whatever
1: yeah it's it's it is fascinating um I'm the president of the local runners club, and you know our, our board meetings were always in person, you know for obviously for forever and like everything else, we went to Zoom, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and you know, you know, every summer people go, oh, let's have a let's have a meet let's have let's have the next board meeting in person, and we do. It's a great time, and then the next one they're like, let's go back to Zoom. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I don't want to drive; it's too hard. You know, like I'm I'm traveling. You know, like whatever it is, and so you know, I I Zoom just works really well for this kind of stuff, and so you know, I I have to say the the one. You know, one of the silver linings of the pandemic is it's going to cut down on a lot of real unnecessary driving um, for this kind of stuff. And get groups being bigger because it's easier. You know, the you know, Frontiers Club is getting the same thing. We have people who are coming to our board meetings who would never drive to Ithaca because they actually don't live in Ithaca. You know, they live, you know, in the next, t- next city over or something. So
2: it's been great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you guys Adam, very much. Anytime yeah. you want to do a meeting, we're available. If you want to thank do a so much. group thing.
0: Yeah. Thank you. And
1: Adam, all thank right. you. Always fun.
2: Thank you all. It's been great. So, Adam, it's been before good. you go,
1: what was the brand of that roller mouse that you like? Contour Designs. Um, let's see. Let's see if I can give you a URL. Oh, got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, wasn't, wasn't that. The, uh, roller mouse on a on a mac uh, clone laptop some <laughs> years ago many many years ago i i even forget which one it was it was the outbound or the colby or one of those um, but it yeah it had, a, it had a roller yeah. yeah and you know i like it a lot because it is that it? it puts it you know like I, I i sit there you know with my hand right in front of the you know keyboard it pull, it, pull it, just pull it back a few inches, and then I've got every, you know all the all the control I need. It doesn't give you as much control as a mouse, um, but uh, it would only be a problem if you're doing a lot of very fine graphics work. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't play a game like a video game with it either. But um, but for you know all normal usage, I mean, I I've been using this for decades now. And I'm, I'm put it this way: the, the specific one I have, you can't, I can't show you, but it actually hangs off the edge of my desk by about three inches, and it, it works perfectly to do that. And this is the perfect size for mine. And uh, and so I actually, like, I, I was going to go buy another one, and I, I realized that it wasn't going to hang properly. And so I contacted the company and they're like, well, we have one more in a back room. Would you like that one? I'm like, yes, send it to me. <laughs> you know, like how? Hopefully that one will hold me for another 10 years before I have to do something different. So they you know they do wear out after a decade or so, but yeah, I've had pretty good luck. All right everybody, thank you so much for having me. I do need to run. Um, but uh, you. enjoy and uh, we'll see you again sometime.
0: Thank, thank, you. Thank, you. thank you.
1: Thank
0: you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media.